Like really pulling from some like early 2000s shit. Because we're all regressing. Yeah. Because we're dying. Because we live in hell. Yeah. Anyways, hi. hi. Hello. Welcome to Emotional Labor. Welcome to Emotional Labor. Do you ever listen to the Sarah McLaughlin song Circles? What? <laughs> Never mind. You said something that made me think of it. You so asked me that matter. question in that cardigan is driving me nuts. I have to take a picture of what you're wearing. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. I can't, I cannot have a conversation with a white woman dressed like this <laughs> in which the words Sarah McLaughlin are uttered. I can't, you I can't I do it. You know I went to Sarah McLaughlin? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was at Meriwether once I went. But I hadn't canceled and you Kat already. Power. I hadn't canceled you already. That's why I really canceled. Went. And Sarah McLaughlin. I love Sarah McLaughlin. Well, as a, as a nobody's perfect. Yeah. You also loved. I love a lot of bad things. L star 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 D star. <laughs> star. Yeah, R star star. So. He who shall not be named. Yeah. Well, we don't speak of <laughs> in no, this house. We don't. No, no. Um, Al recently had to purge all of her Lana things. Well, and Lana adjacent. It wasn't even Lana stuff. Yeah, not everything. Uh, True, know. yeah. I still have my one thing that I'll never get rid of. But that's because it's, it's not a Lana thing anymore. Yeah. It's a friendship thing. It's a friendship thing. But yeah. but yeah. Yeah. No more Lana. Society has progressed. Society never needed Lana Reptile, right? No. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it right now. She was just needed. a projection of what existed in society. A distillation nobody, of something real. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dissolution of something real, but unfortunately, people uncritically yeah. often are just like imitate. Ah, yeah. Like, yes, this, yeah. unironically this. Unironically this. <laughs> and then you're dead. And then you die. Espe- like, logical conclusion of Lana's music is you do die. Well, I think that's the logical conclusion of life, Al. I well, think we all do die. Not in that <laughs> way. Not in the like way that, of course, everyone dies, but in the like, you're going to just. It's not a good thing. You shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> you shouldn't be living like this. Yeah. We're all going to die. You shouldn't live like uh-huh, this. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Exactly. Well, speaking of we're all going to die. Yeah. So today. What is it? Episode. Today. Happy New Year. So today is March 3rd that we're recording this, but to be released is. TBR. Uh-huh, on March 13th, which was our. Uh, Vietnam. Happy death day. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say Vietnam? Yeah. There's something about that phrase. I could not say it. <laughs> I, the construction, no. it was our. It just, my brain no. fills it in. It was our Vietnam. <laughs> it's like that meme of, <laughs> it's like the cat like half faded out and there's like the helicopter, helicopters also like super. The what? <laughs> I gotta find the meme because I can't explain the meme because there's like three images superimposed onto each other but it's like, to show like a the thousand yard stare, Vietnam, yeah. But it's like a cat, you know. It's silly. <laughs> it's silly because cats can't fight in wars. <laughs> we don't know if they can have PTSD, but they definitely can't fight in wars. <laughs> I don't know about that. Have you seen a cat <laughs> organized into an army? No, I haven't. Al, well, like other Panthers. than other than Andrew Lloyd Webber's critically. <laughs> <laughs> They were really. They were very organized. They were extremely organized cats. They could kill. They could kill. (laughs) They could kill. I watched that movie for the first time, the OG movie, not the new one, for the first time about a year ago. A year and some change. A year and like the same same night you watched the the first um, episode of Yu Gi Oh! Yes. TBT. That was a classic. Yeah. Never seen it before. Never seen it. That's incredible to me. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I miss that. <laughs> well, it's an accessible reality, Al. Mm-hmm. We can watch Yu-Gi-Oh! if you want to watch Yu-Gi-Oh! It's still on Netflix, I think. Yeah, but that was that was right. That was a year ago, right before the before. That was the before times. It was right before the current times. Was it after? Had you already moved to Baltimore and you were back visiting? Or was that before you moved? I think it was after you. I think it was after I moved. Because I don't think either I think one of us was my... in a headspace to do acid before you moved. I yeah, I think it was when I came back to visit, like, two weeks later. And we were like, hey, let's get yeah. donuts and uh, yeah. watch cats. Yeah, we were supposed to do yoga. Stuff. I remember we watched we watched cats and we watched paprika. And then we were like, we understand the meaning of life. Yeah. And then, like, a Seminal week later, text, the world ended. Isn't yeah. that crazy? That is crazy. That's crazy. It was cool. Oh, sorry. So, um, the reason I say Happy New Year is because Happy New Year, this is the actual real New Year's. Like, yeah. 
everything that happened prior to March 13th, 2020 feels like it was part of the coda of 2019. Mm -hmm. It was a different year. It was a different year. Like, I think everything is, about yeah. my life and everything I was planning, different. I thought had changed. So, December 31st to January 1st, a lot of shit changed for me. Yeah. And then, yeah, the first couple of weeks of March into COVID, I'm like, I feel like there were like 10 different lifetimes that I lived in those two weeks. Yeah. And then in the subsequent six weeks, like another 3,000, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, so much. I don't know if I've ever experienced that much happening for that long. Like, just that long of every day. Multiple things happening. Big yeah. things. Like, Big, huge Not things. just, like, global or, like, broad. Like, but in my personal life. Things that were not not related to the pandemic because everything was related to everything. But, True. like, things that were not directly. Like, of, like, how is this? How is this How is this the world that is happening? I mean, you moved to Baltimore here, right before the pandemic, truly right before the pandemic happened, for unexpectedly, without plan. And I decided on March, March on pandemic. February 24th, uh-huh. with like five days to go, Literally. I was like, maybe I'll just move to Baltimore because I truly cannot find a place in New York. And also, I'm so depressed about being here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, my plan was to go back on March 11th to teach a yoga class. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know if I should do that. By March 11th, I was like, I mean, I didn't have a goodbye party. I didn't say goodbye to anybody. I just, like, dipped out. So I was like, I'm going to be back in two weeks. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Panini Press. The Panini Press. So March 13th, I think, was in particular. So I did have the aha moment of I shouldn't go to New York. I should not get on a bus to go to New York and teach a yoga class mm-hmm. um, on March 11th. Because mm-hmm. it was pretty clear by then that something was up. Mm-hmm. But I think the reason why March 13th feels more like the new year. Friday the 13th. Well, first of all, that. But mm-hmm. second of all, it's on when I texted the person who mm-hmm. was running the, the person I was going to be teaching for. Yeah. Um, she was like so weird about it. She was very rude and very condescending um, in a way where like she sent me a response and I was like, cool, I quit. Because what I had yeah. initially said to her was like. I just don't know if it's a good idea for me to do this. Like, I was fully intending on doing it, but, like, I'm just question mark, question mark about it. There's a lot of conflicting information. And, yeah, her response was so condescending that I was like, cool, don't worry about it. I will not come. Like, and I will never come again. Bye. Um, But, like, that still felt like, at that point, that still felt like a bold stance for me to take. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then by March 13th, like, two, three days later... It's a national emergency. Literally. It's a pandemic. A pandemic. It's a pandemic. Yeah, what was the timeline? When did it, When was it officially a pandemic? It was earlier in March. Like, it was not... Because I remember the pandemic thing happened, and I was like, oh, that sounds serious. Why is nobody... Hmm, interesting. I'm not sure when it was officially a pandemic, but it was, like, the first or second week of March. Um, it was declared a pandemic in March. Okay, that's not helpful. Yeah. Be more specific, please. But I do recall lockdown starting... Technically March 14th, but, like, we were in a restaurant on March 13th, you know? We were in a restaurant because our um, friend was working there, and they had literally just been fired from their other job. Um, And so we had picked them up on the corner, which was very sad. It was like a fucking pandemic shutdown was being announced, and they were— At the exact same time. At the exact same time as they were leaving getting fired and then going to work at a service job. So then we went there and— I just remember sitting with you at the bar and both of us being like, oh my God, I don't think we're supposed to, I don't think we can do this ever. We were like, ha ha, this is the last time we'll ever be at a restaurant. And then it truly was like so serious the next day in a way that was like, wait, it's truly, it's a panini. It's a panini. It's a March 11th. It was March 11th that they declared it a pandemic. So truly. So that's when you, that's why you said, no, I'm not coming to New York. No, I said that the night before. Because I remember when they said it was a pandemic, I was like, there we go. I was like, if I hadn't already said I quit, I, I would have sent her the link. <laughs> I would have yeah, been like, yeah. FYI. Just so you know. Um, um, just so you know, it's a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was just getting. And, and the 13th is when it became a national emergency. Yeah. That's when shit got real. I was just getting off that uh, dog sitting. And I was like, there it is. It's over. Whoop, there it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I lived in Baltimore for all of two weeks. Mm-hmm. 
I did like three things. Mm-hmm. And then everything shut down. Mm-hmm. And then I had like a mental breakdown. Yeah. Because I was like by myself mm-hmm. in a little Airbnb that was supposed to be temporary. Uh-huh. And then that race lady tried to kick me out. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had to move here. Yeah. And I'm saying had to. This is a great apartment. I'm very happy to be well, here. Well, first we had to. This live. was a, that was a turning point. First we had to live in Harper County. Well, yeah, for not a ideal. brief period of time, and then we got. Although to again, here, my friend's dad. That's cool. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love to hang out with my friend's dad. It's not my dad. <laughs> it's not my dad. <laughs> yeah, true. That's a little cra- crazy ex girlfriend for mm-hmm. all the crazy ex girlfriends. So another seminal heads text. in the. That's what our um, the group. media recommendation th- thing should be called: seminal text. The I don't know. I mean, I, I, it is a phrase that I use often, and it sounds dirty to call the whole segment Jesus a seminal Christ. text. Oh, right, I mean, right. okay, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's NC-17. <laughs> seminal, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I did ask people for their, their little where were you stories. Where were you March 13th? Um, I got some responses, a few. I'm going to share them all anonymously. Okay. Um, I'm just going to run through them. Yeah, we can run through and discuss. I mean, first and foremost, I'm like, to think about what my life was in 2020, like, yeah, the first part, when it was just 2020, not COVID. Right. Like, like, January, February was already... Chaos. Whoa, what? But also, I just think about everything that I was worried about, all my priorities, everything Mm -hmm. that was going on in my life, just how quickly all of those things completely, not just changed, but transformed in ways that I could have never anticipated. Not Mm -hmm. just because of the global pandemic, but because of, like, literally all of the cascading effects of... Mm -hmm. it's 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 a global pandemic. It's a global pandemic. And it all happened on, like the same month as my Saturn return. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it all went down on March 13th, Friday the 13th. It all went down on Friday the 13th in the year when every single fucking holiday was on the best day it could be on. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? What the fuck? And then, yeah, big, anyway, sorry. Joke. The story, the stories, the stories, the stories. But let's hear about other people's misery. <laughs> what happened to everyone else? This is a, okay. uh, <clears throat> I was at a bachelorette party in upstate New York. And the bride is a nurse in an assisted living home. No. And the whole time was an anxious mess. You're joking. We were all super confused and couldn't tell if COVID was real or not. Question mark, question mark, question mark. After we left, she had to advocate to get a test at her work. And they said she was being crazy and told her she would have to use her own vacation days, even oh. if she tested negative. Oh my God. Well, she was positive <gasps> for COVID. We all were. <laughs> had to advocate. Yeah, that was like March 11th. Like, I don't know. I, I, uh, I think, <laughs> yeah, that weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Nightmare. Nightmare. That could have been us at the restaurant. There, but for the grace of God. We could have gone to that restaurant and been like, haha, kiki, yeah, and come home and been like, we all have people that had New York City connections. Oh, yeah. That center was very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, still, we're Eastern, East Coast. East Coast in general. I mean, but no, coast? March was a different time. March was different for so yeah. Um, at work, laughing my ass off, canceling lunches for attorneys who make six figures. No, <laughs> keyboard smash. <laughs> <laughs> this person also um, um, had a brush with COVID a month before on Valentine's Day weekend. Yeah. As an Aquarius, as an Aquarius. Where a friend had come in from China. Wuhan, China. Uh-huh. <laughs> from Wuhan, China. And got sick on very as soon sick, as they arrived. Very bad flu And was staying symptoms. with this friend. <laughs> and this is when America thought COVID was just a kind of a joke joke in that way. Because when we were experiencing this, we, we were, were like, laughing. Lol. Well, and the joke was, the joke was. How did this person get here? Not even that. The okay. joke was, this person got here. And then how is it so incredibly Byzantine, impossible, hard for this person to get a test when they yes. recently traveled from Wuhan, China Literally. and have every symptom of COVID? And are like, sick. They went to so many different systems in they California. Went to, like different public health agencies. Nobody to, the CDC. Everyone they were not. Literally getting playing phone tag between different agencies who were all telling him to talk to the person that they just talked to. And so I could our, not get a test. Our 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 pal was 
And we were like, haha, that's so funny. America's so fucked. We're like, fucked. haha, we're so unprepared for this. Ha ha ha. We did not. Kiki kiki ki, ki, We did not. We did not. No. Anyways, what are you guys doing for Valentine's Day? Talking about. We did not. And our friend had to stay home from work, and everyone kind of like treated them like a pariah in a way that was like, like oh. Weird and mean, but a- and actually like we correct. <laughs> but like in the moment was like weird, and then for a month later to actually be locked down was felt crystal bally. But hi, punk. A lot of people were at some terrible intersection of like losing their job. Yeah, it felt interesting to feel. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, losing their job. Lose having to move all these all these things that just erupted for people so instantly i mean yeah again it's like things were happening so many things happened every day a week happened every day minimum a week happened every day and then it doesn't really feel like it feels like it has quote-unquote slowed down now only in the sense that like it feels like we've acclimated as a society to the horrors of just the slow mm-hmm. boring dystopia mm-hmm. this like sad apocalypse that we're living through yeah um, but truly there was a, I mean, and even then I'm like, but still things are happening every day in this way where I'm like, how are things still happening? Like, how, how are there still things happening? Everybody stop. No more things. Like, just for a second. Literally stop. Mm. Well, Do I not remember our password for our email? What's our password for our Wi-Fi? That's what I thought. Oh. Wrong password? I can't say it out loud. <laughs> okay, mime it. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, yeah. Where were you? March 13th. With you, dummy. No, I'm just thinking about it. And like, you're, yeah, the, it had started so much earlier. So many other places. And how it just couldn't really hit. It's so silly to look back. I'm like, who was that silly, stupid girl? <laughs> How could she laugh? <laughs> I mean, again, and so much like stuff that. feels so, like, because time feels so warped, it's like... Yeah, true. To think of that as being only a year ago. Like, that cliche of, like, Literally. as you get older, time goes by faster, but because of how fucking insane this last year has been, I'm like, goes by faster. I feel like the last year was a decade. Like, I think back on who yeah. I was a year ago, and like you're saying, I'm like, I barely recognize that person, not only mm-hmm. because of the shape of my life and everything I'm doing, mm-hmm. but also because, the as I think a lot of people can relate to, this pandemic and the level of, of isolation and upheaval and, like, challenge that has come with it has forced a level of introspection and, yeah. like, shadow work and, uh, like, stuff that I never would have been, I think, prioritizing or had access to whatever in the same way Mm -hmm. during normal life during like the way that things used to be and will never be again Mm -hmm. yeah even though we are sort of like it's funny because a year ago thinking about the idea of like wow am I not going to go outside for two years like that sounds impossible to imagine now I'm like I'm in this that's I get that I I can do that yeah NBD NBD I was thinking about that today just that behavior is so inclined to uh, adapt and habituate is what happens when you adapt you it's called um, paging Charles Darwin you ever heard of it it's called evolutionarily advantageous adaptation and neuroplasticity exactly you ever heard of it you ever heard of it no no it's the great irony that we're so able to acclimate to change and also so like pathologically uncomfortable, distressed, like, confused mm. by it. Well, because we're all, as we've discussed, everyone's fucking nervous system is hijacked and fucked up and traumatized. So, Oh, by the way, everybody should watch It's Such a Beautiful Day. It's Such a Beautiful Day. Yeah, highly recommended. You must if you enjoyed the terror management theory episode, mm-hmm. you should watch It's Such a Beautiful Day. It's a hour-long animated film yeah. about life. Truly. And how life works and how death works mm-hmm. and how proximity to death can actually be liberating. Yeah. Because it allows you to see the thing that was true all along. All of Which all is along. that it's such a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. Yeah, Don't it's great. Don't let it away. It was awesome. Um, yeah, like, of course, I just, like, feel like now we're in this new... I, I was reading that article of, like, 
now that COVID is everywhere, what's life going to look like Mm -hmm. moving forward? Like there is no after COVID in that way. There is no no COVID. America has has insisted on there being COVID forever. Yeah, and also on some level, it's like not just COVID, but all the other things that this last year has kind of like peeled back the wallpaper on of like Mm -hmm. America's infrastructure problems, Mm -hmm. like the housing crisis. You know what I mean? There's all Mm -hmm. of these other like deeper rots that Mm -hmm. have been festering for a long time Mm -hmm. that now are so like exposed by the pressure of everything Mm -hmm. in a way that's like that can only get worse right like that can only get worse right that's that looks like it's just gonna get worse it would be really cool if things about it got better but like i'm not stupid like no overall i didn't raise no fool it's gonna get worse yeah it's gonna get worse Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. i don't say to be fatalistic but just to be like level-headed about Mm -hmm. again proximity to death can be liberating to know Mm -hmm. that things are probably going to get worse is actually a great Gift, because then you can plan for the way that things actually will be. Yeah. Assuming you don't fall into the pit of despair. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, it's funny that the reasons people fall into it, though. Well, it's scary. It is scary. And the world doesn't make it very easy. No, absolutely not. At all. (laughs) Absolutely not. Absolutely not. To not fall into it, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about, like, Texas today fully reopening. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. I think Mississippi is, too. Yeah, it's sociopathic behavior. They literally said die. Yeah. They're like, LOL, die. And I follow a few businesses in Austin, um, and one of them was a tattoo shop. And they were posting on their page, you know, yes, Texas is reopened, but we as a business are still operating with these rules, da 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 And you have to bring proof of a test to get a tattoo. This way that is like, oh my gosh, the, this, this new way of, again, interacting in like a place like Texas, like that is going to be how it goes. That's going to be it. I feel like it's that. Ayn Rand joke of like she and two other people walk into a bar they all die because there's no regulations or whatever Mm -hmm. that's like literally Texas right now I've been reading Caliban and the Witch finally Mm -hmm. finally finally Mm -hmm. um, a book that has been recommended to me countless times and for those of you who are not familiar it's a book um, that sort of traces the history of capitalism specifically from the lens of like the social creation of mm-hmm. and like the enshrine enshrining of misogyny in not just like the law but also the like logic of capitalism the logic of state capitalism mm-hmm. um and how like the the witch trials how witch trials and the advent of capitalism go hand in hand and so mm-hmm. reading through this and looking at this much more nuanced picture of what, like, the political history of labor has been, like, the concept of labor, the concept of class struggle has existed. Mm -hmm. The actual advent of capitalism as, Mm -hmm. like, a sociological, like, historical process. And to realize just how thoroughly, like, dude, the sociopaths are winning. They're, like, fucking trouncing everyone else. This is, like, it's not even close, dude. Like, it's... Like, stop, stop, he's already dead. Like, Mm. how successfully we've been divorced from the life-sustaining skills that would allow us, like, any amount of freedom from wage slavery. Mm -hmm. Like, the Mm -hmm. fact that we've been so thoroughly indoctrinated as, like, not just a culture. Like, it's not just America. It's not just, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, the West. Mm -hmm. Like, it's every—we have all been (laughs) indoctrinated into this concept of— of denial of the body in service to capital. Yeah. This thing of like capital has requires that we invent such a thing as like good redeemable souls Mm -hmm. and like suffering being like the Protestant work ethic bullshit. You know what I mean? The valor that comes with suffering. Mm -hmm. All this like sadistic shit. 
purely for the purpose of keeping violent peasant rebellions from happening constantly. Constantly. Because that's how it used to be. When people had land yeah. and could farm their own food. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or when mm-hmm. people, not even, not even. It's also just a, part of the, chat, the book that I'm reading right now is talking a lot about just the effects of starvation. What is that quote of like, every person is nine nine missed meals away from anarchy? mm no, but yeah. Yeah, but Absolutely. like all of these peasant revolts that happened because people were hungry and they were like, bitch, I will kill you. And yeah, they did. Like, exactly. Literally. You're not yourself when you're hungry. Hiring of needs. Uh-huh. You will kill people if you're hungry enough. Yeah. And that's the part that's so frustrating, sad, depressing is that that's a mm-hmm. reality of human nature that's not, that has nothing mm-hmm. to do with someone's personality disposition no, like that is a, a reality of existing in a body that yeah. wants to keep itself alive is yeah. that uh, if you're hungry enough you'll do a lot of stuff like and you won't even have resistance to it because the things that your body does when you're that hungry down regulate your resistance to doing exactly. those things exactly the fact that that's a reality about human nature that's been hijacked for the purposes of keeping people locked into a system of having their labor mm-hmm. Value exploited and mm-hmm. being alienated from their bodies. Right, because food and money like, is the same in our brains. The association it's been made is the same. so it has been made the same. Yeah, it has been made the same. But you can't eat money. You, it's well, you not can. literal, but it it is it is made. It's the been made literal because so literal. realistically speaking, how do you how do you divest from capitalism? First of all, capitalism has to make it so that you can't. Because if you can, then why would anyone? Why, Why would, would anyone, anyone choose capitalism? It. You don't choose it. Why would anyone choose it that system if they had a choice? Mm-hmm. Sorry. The argument that, like, consumer goods and, like, luxury would... Mm-hmm. That's not even where most, like... What's the word I'm looking for? Well, one of the other books that were... is on our list for our little mm-hmm. book club is Bullshit Jobs, which I've been yeah, wanting to read forever. Yeah, And I was looking through the introduction for that. And you made the point of, like, a lot of these jobs that exist now for no reason other than to so that people will still have jobs because mm-hmm. automation is such that, like, most of the, of the people who live in the world right now don't need to have a job because mm-hmm. there isn't more than enough. There's more than enough stuff more to go around. More than enough stuff. Um, that a lot of these bullshit jobs that are just <laughs> exist for the purpose of existing mm-hmm. are not, they're mm-hmm. not things that have anything to do with the stuff that people usually point to as, like, Mm-mm. look what capitalism has given us. The iPhone. Like, mm-hmm. those people aren't making iPhones. No, they're not. No. They're like thought leaders. Yeah. Do you know how much thought leaders make? Buku bucks. So much <laughs> They make so money. much There's money. So much There's money so much money, money there. floating around in the world. And and COVID makes a lot of money in America. Oh my God, what is it? There's like a hundred new billionaires in the last year? Yeah. COVID makes a lot of money for capitalism. Because capitalism profits on human suffering. The more human suffering there is, the more... The more of a gun you have to somebody's head to be like, okay, work and work for poverty wages. The fact that the the fact that the r- political ruling class is arguing over whether or not people deserve fifteen dollars an hour, which is literally um, not even enough to pay for a meal. Like that's truly, truly, in a pandemic, in a in a permanent pandemic, like the state of living has fully officially changed. It was already. At a, a breaking point. And now you've broken it. And I just think about, like, where things were last year in April and May. Mm-hmm. When, like, it felt a lot more possible of, like, general strike, rent strike. Like, yeah. <laughs> there were all these things happening that were so, like, unprecedented, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Of, like, you know, eviction moratoriums and, like, Whatever, whatever. All this stuff where it was like, whoa, if this is how it could have been the whole time, like maybe this will wake people up. Having it be this way will wake people up and make them realize it could have been this way the whole time. Some, But you know who else felt that? The ruling class. And I'm wondering, what are they able to do that was able to squash what was happening so incredibly over the summer? Capitalism. I know. <laughs> That's I know. what we're talking about. But to watch the wave get so much higher every time and then to see it fall every time, like, how? How? Like, like how? We're staring death in the face. What do you mean? And it's not just, like, the effects of capitalism, like, I have to work to have a job. It's also yeah. the effects of capitalism, like, again, one of the 
threads that this book traces is the the extent to which capitalism like destroyed public gathering places and like criminalized the kind of behavior that would allow for community building Mm -hmm. like for example loitering like what is the point of making it a crime to exist in public other than to keep people from interacting in public and I remember being a child and seeing that for the like on 7-Elevens or something and being like what does that mean and when I learned and being so like that truly makes no sense. And, like, remembering adults trying to explain it to me and just simply recalling being like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever fucking heard. The criminalization of, like, of homelessness also <laughs> exists well, right. hand in hand with capitalism. Be like, ah, there it is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The criminalization of to be poor and then to be houseless specifically is like mm-hmm. the, again, has to exist for capitalism to work the way that it does. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, people would be, I think, a lot more forced to confront the horror of existing in a society as wealthy as America where people don't have homes. It's absurd. It's absurd. There's so much stupid money out there. People yeah. spend so much stupid... People have no idea how much money they have. That's also part of it. People don't know how much, how much money they have, how much money other people have. Mm-hmm. Again, we've been really successfully alienated from our bodies, from each other. Mm-hmm. Capitalism is the way it is. There's no such thing as an economic equalizer here. Like... Because anti-blackness is anti-blackness. But it did feel like COVID quarantine revealed something that allowed a level of class consciousness to occur. Oh, it revealed the fact that they literally want you dead. That's what it revealed. It revealed that you can do everything right and they still want you dead. They don't yeah, give but a that, fuck. But like, it's the thing of like, that is revealed every day. They want but you dead. No, part, not like that. Like, Well, right. It was of, a like, mask off Go moment. to work or die. No, like actually, like go to however, work or die. However, like, the thing we're talking about though, go to work suggests and die. that there is a level of habituation that can occur because it is not actually that new information you know it's easily well, yeah. integrated because the it's not that different right the values we have right it fits into it it actually makes sense and it becomes this like twisted fucking dialectic and it's like well and that's the piece trauma. of it that i think to me feels so like why so much of my work has centered around embodiment stuff as of late yeah specifically because i'm like Ugh, nothing else gets fixed until this gets fixed yeah. until people can like feel their feelings yeah. And realize how much they have blunted those feelings and realize, like, to develop the somatic resilience to be able to, like, actually sit with whatever, shame, guilt, fear, Mm -hmm. yada, 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 Mm -hmm. to be able to look at your life the way that it actually is and look at the world the way that it actually is. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not, unfortunately, it's not only not easy, it is, like, one of the hardest things that I think anyone can try to do, especially in the world that we currently exist in. And Mm -hmm. it's way easier than the other way. Like, it's really hard, and the other way is harder. It's just, you can be passive on the other way. Yes. If you can turn, if you can blunt your emotions in that way, like, if you can adapt to the demands of capitalism, it's really rewarding. It can, yeah. That's why white guys are like that. Like, that's, yeah. It's literally why your brain is all of the, into it. whatever, privilege classes. Like, it's yeah. why those things are not just, you know, passive descriptions of how society works. It's mm-hmm. also descriptions of, like, the kinds of personalities that yes. come from specific mer- material realities mm-hmm. and what kind of behavior is reinforced. Yeah. What you're rewarded for in your life. Exactly. Exactly. If you exist in the same, you know, world that everyone exists in where we're all scared of dying alone mm-hmm. and you have access to something that can band-aid over that mm-hmm. and the thing that you have access to is misogyny why would you not take it why would you not why would you not it? take it why would you not take it yeah that's what this society says to you. you know if what's available to you is anti-blackness if what's available to you is mm-hmm. i don't know all of the above yeah if fill in the blank and when you were at your most vulnerable what <clears throat> reached back to you and answered your well you yeah. Crying to the void. Oh you my know? god, that's the our little incel red pill. Well, <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, sure, <laughs> you know, like I. I mean, that's the mechanism by which that works. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I, I Everyone is scared of dying alone, incel, and if you're, incel. and if the thing that you have access to uh-huh. is the reason why I shouldn't die alone, <laughs> is yeah, because I don't deserve to. I'm gonna die alone because it's someone else's fault that exactly. I can be really angry at, and also the stage gave me a girlfriend, yeah. like. Exactly. If you have access to that, why would you not take it? Why would you not? Especially if you have access to that to the exclusion of healthy options. Well, right. I was going to say, which, you, uh, you as know, a sex educator, I can guarantee there are not, there there's are. a dearth of healthy options. 
There are, but like, you know, in like Present, presented to people. Presented, yeah. Right. The way the society presents it of like, you don't, not that there aren't healthier options, it's that this is the healthiest option because the world is built for you. I'm truly yeah. so spoiled sometimes by the fact that I've been teaching sex ed as long as I have. And so much of my like social network is people who yes. are also involved in sex positivity or sexuality in some way. Yeah. Because it really is, it's not just sex. It's like to, to be in a more integrated place about sex in the world that we exist mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. means that you're probably in a more integrated place about other stuff too. Because uh-huh. sex is one of the hardest things to do, again, in the society that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, to get to the place of, like, yeah, rejection of sexual shame and, like, embracing mm-hmm. of being able to do, again, not all sex educators can do that stuff, but yeah. the ones who I feel yeah. kinship with, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, there's a level of uh, communication about boundaries that sex educators are really good at, not mm-hmm. just sexually, but it, as people, because exactly. you're talking about constantly, I mean, mm-hmm. depending on what kind of sex ed you do, um, but you're, for me at least, I'm constantly talking to young people about and actually adults too, everybody, about communicating and boundaries and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And, like, the best way to learn how to do something is to teach doing it. Mm-hmm. The The fact that I am, I think, disproportionately have experiences like that with people, have con- have access to conversations like that, and, like, forget sometimes when I step back into, like, the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Just how, like, not that <laughs> the most of the world is like mm-hmm. most of people's experiences not not even just not that but like has almost nothing nothing to do with that like has almost no overlap mm-hmm. with that mm-hmm. to be able to like which I also know from how people respond to the work that I do of yes. like yeah people don't people are very hungry for spaces to talk about sexuality because guess what sexuality is like a part of the human experience and mm-hmm. living in a sexually puritanical culture doesn't keep people from mm-hmm. being interested in it. It just makes people's interest in it get sublimated into weird shit. Into weird like, shit. Into weird shit. Literally, a, a, a friend of mine who had also read Calvin and the Witch said, um, I still need to read it. I want to read it. Um, that it really is incredible to look at the like subconscious of, a, of America of how how... Sex Dude, and gender fucked. is yeah. so yeah warped here in a way that and is is well, because very like America is repressed. the the like the fucking Frankenstein fucking like this is the capitalist project this is the colonial project this is mm-hmm. like the yeah. all of it and mm-hmm. patriarchy misogyny in that specific structure that it, mm-hmm. that we're talking about it existing in. It's part of capitalism. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it, it, the two go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And so for America to be, like, the country that it is, <laughs> built built on slavery mm-hmm. and genocide mm-hmm. and, like, constructed as essentially one sea-to-shining sea, mm-hmm. fucking altar to the god of capitalism. Truly. Like, no wonder the, like you're saying, the, sub, the, the sexual subconscious of America is so, like, huh? Like, huh? It's so, uh, speaking huh? of which, make sure you check out my Cosmopolitan video talking about Bridgerton and how yeah. fucking sick you people are. Talking about the fucking people racist sexual subconscious of America. Sick. You make me sick. Quar- you have, we have been inside. Too long. Yeah, but that is also... that is Take the LM out of your bio, you everything. know? <laughs> Literally, stop. To be on <laughs> Tinder and to see that now in this way, that's like, whoa, this is weird. Yeah. This is weird. Because it's like, I know you don't mean that. <laughs> you don't mean that. You don't mean that. And also, why are you putting that in your Tinder bio? What do you think this means? Well, right. What? What? <laughs> oh, he's so hot. He's in BLM. Ew, are you too white? Also, I'm a feminist. That's disgusting. Like, yeah. You have to be because, or you're you're obviously not black because that would be. Well, it's kind of self-evident. Yeah. But you no, know, actually, I said, not. but there's plenty of people who like to perform, black people who like to be performing about that shit too. Yes. There's plenty of people who. But the, the way I usually bougie come black people. Is white mm. people. Other white people, as on the virtue signals too. Other white people. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. What a long year it's been. This is why I don't have sex with people. Uh huh. <laughs> this, this is the reason. Being inside has been great, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has been a much needed um, thing to tell me to slow the fuck down. But I do. I can't wait to go outside. Again. It'll be sunny soon. That'll help. Yeah, the weather breaking is very helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But still, we still live in hell. 
Yeah. And it is even for all that I feel like I've acclimated to the way that things are now, it is still really hard to, I guess, fully not accept because I've accepted it, but to like feel emotionally. It's like how you can, you can think of a really big number, but you can't really like fathom how big that number is. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Our Mm -hmm. brain can't like wrap around it. True. Can't wrap my head around how much things are going to continue to change and how unpredictable the future really is Mm -hmm. in this way that again, was always true, but like never at a point in my lived experience, Mm -hmm. I'm young, but still have the institutions of the world that I exist in felt so, so fragile Mm -hmm. in a way that feels like not just like, I don't know, politically or intellectually unstable, but that it's like life-threateningly unstable. Mm -hmm. Like to live in a country where I'm like, I'm like one fuck up. I'm like one random mistake of fate Mm -hmm. from a preventable death. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like one, Uh, one little thing, one, anything. And then it's a wrap for me because right. I live in a country where I don't like health insurance is a joke. A joke. Not a funny one. No. We're not in on the joke. We're not in on the joke. But of the joke, but. So I don't know. I just, I think more than anything, when I think about what, like, what the last year has meant to me emotionally, developmentally, whatever, it's like I was already doing the pleasure with trust stuff before then. But, like, nothing has made me have to, like, walk the talk mm-hmm. more than this last year. Yeah. And kind of being forced to, like, at, at the exclusion of all the other things that I used to fill my life with. Like, what is it yeah. to be alive? What's the point? What is the point of existing? If I can't control the things that I thought I could control, if I can't plan the things, that, like, if I can't have the things that I thought I wanted to have, mm-hmm. what is the point? Mm-hmm. And to, to really, like, reaffirm what the answer is for me, at least, mm-hmm. which is the point is this this experience the vast of experience yeah in every direction every direction the agony the Ah, ecstasy yeah dialectic Mm -hmm. love and trauma Mm -hmm. it's no longer love and fear love love and and trauma trauma. Uh love and trauma Uh Uh okay (laughs) no yeah the cabin fever is really yeah which one is the agony and which one is the ecstasy? I'm obviously the ecstasy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Uh, <laughs> which one of you is the ray of sunshine with the undiagnosed ADHD uh-huh. and mommy issues? And which one of you is the depressed bisexual uh-huh. with daddy issues? The confused, was like, depressed child, bisexual. Confused, depressed bisexual. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, confused, please. I'm confused, confused. depressed bisexual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny that as for someone who thinks about death as often as I do, that mm-hmm. I'm identify with being a ray of sunshine. Yeah. There's a certain point of thinking about it where you turn a corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, it's such a beautiful day. It's such a beautiful it's day. It's such a beautiful day. But here's the thing we do. But I mean, I experienced that movie too, but I also experienced it through the lens where I think the foundational piece feels more like agony a little bit. And like, that's... yeah, well, that's why you're the agony and I'm the ecstasy. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, ah, the ecstasy, the bliss of this pain <laughs> to uh-huh. know that I'll die. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm feeling it, but it's agonizing. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's cool. It, it kind of get weird. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I don't know. It makes me like. Yeah. Because also the the okay spoilers for the end of it's such a beautiful day. Skip ahead a little bit. I guess yeah. we don't want to know the spoilers for the last scene of this movie. Yeah. Um. But the, the, in the last scene of this movie, the character who is, is basically dying over the course of the mm-hmm. film uh, dies. Mm-hmm. And in his dying moment, the narrator basically narrates this, like, moment of, like, Bill's resistance to dying. And the narrator also embodying that as, like, I not wanting Bill to die, basically. Mm-hmm. And narrates this whole piece of, like, Bill lives forever, and here's what it looks like to live forever. Like, he mm-hmm. reads every book. He learns every skill. He, like, has great loves. He, like, has mm-hmm. a bunch of kids that, and to the point of, like, time goes on forever and ever. The, st- the sun explodes. Like, the universe goes at all, and still he lives on. Exactly. In this way that, like, I mean, all art is protective tests. Like, mm-hmm. I, there's a million different ways that you could receive mm-hmm. emotionally 
the what that scene is communicating. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, I experience it as like, oh, this is this scene feels like it is the thing that releases me from the desire to want to live forever. Because mm-hmm. to see it this way, I'm actually like, oh, this is which I'm white man made this. So mm-hmm. this may or may not be <laughs> where he was coming True. from. But I was like, oh my God, this is the fantasy of Capitalism. This is the fantasy of white supremacy logic. Like, this is the mm-hmm. fantasy of, I never want to die. I want exactly. to exist forever. I want to consume everything. I want to have everything. I want to be the most important thing in right. the universe. Like, it is so egocentric and mm-hmm. so, like, attached. Mm-hmm. And in a way that feels like, yeah, I, again, for me, to mm-hmm. see that play out in that way, I was like, oh, right. That's mm-hmm. why I don't want to live forever. That is why it's meaningful to die. It like, is. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think and I think that's beautiful. <laughs> it's such a beautiful day. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. True. It is meaningful. But it is the truth of like we live in a society that truly we, has yeah. no dignity for our own death. No. Zero. Which is also part of what I think is so It's not meaningful to die. Death is an yeah. experience of making peace with meaninglessness. It's, it's, some, it's like some nihilistic tone of like Death is an everyday experience, which is so frustrating because it is literally true, but it is that is not the sentiment of why people say that. And it is it is still something that needs to be honored. It is a thing that needs a dignity, you know? It's the part of of again, capitalism and alienation that is like when you divorce the mind, the soul from the mm-hmm. body and you say those are different things, then a body dying doesn't mean the same thing. Yeah. It only matters Definitely matters to the extent to which that body was animated by a soul mm-hmm. and, like, what you believe happened to that soul, which means that there's whole swaths of bodies that don't count. Their deaths just don't, yeah, count, don't count because the, those are not bodies that are animated by soul mm-hmm. in the in the framework of this logic, yes. this, like, hegemonic yeah. structural logic. When, like, yeah, I think, again— I feel like this Mm -hmm. last year, my work Mm -hmm. for the last few years, but this last year especially in very different ways. Like, I've been doing way more, um, like, self-massage and Mm -hmm. movement stuff and just, like, sensory things and just in, not indulging, I don't even want to use that word, but, like, uh, learning more about my Mm -hmm. body and attending to my body in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's important, I think, to note that there's an association of that with indulgence. Well, right, because it's pleasurable. And, like, the... To have more of a connection to, like, I feel like I've built awareness of things happening in my body that I'm like, oh, this is a thing that's always been happening that I've just not noticed, mm-hmm. haven't been attending to. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, feels, I don't know, like the best thing I can be using my time to do right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, like, the most kind of, for for whatever future is on the horizon, like, I feel like the only way that I can really prepare for it, you know what I mean, is mm-hmm. by doing that stuff. Because literally every other method of preparation is, I'm like, anything outside of myself, I don't know if that's going to mean anything. Mm-hmm. You know, when Gabriel blows his horn. Yeah, blow your dumb little horn. Blow Gabriel. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. I, I think, again, proximity to death. This last year has been like, again, the longest, slowest apocalypse ever. Mm-hmm. But when I think about the difference between me now and me a year ago, yeah, it's oh uh, whoa. I'm like me now is so much more awake to the mm-hmm. world, and I thought I was pretty awake to the world before. Same, yeah. I how foolish I, I was. Think arguably, I, yeah, arguably were, and also arguably fools. I mean, can anyone ever? Has anyone ever been far enough to know as no. more like? No. Mm-hmm. Was it time present? Time past. We're both now past, present, and future. What is that Eckhart Tolle? <laughs> no, it's, it's like T.S. Eliot or something. Oh. Yeah. A poet. It's a great thing about how, yeah, it's all just happening now and it's all over and it's all. And it's all. And it's all. It's such a beautiful day. Never. Yeah. So. Oh, I'm going <laughs> it's just nice to think about yeah and it really I mean quarantine one year it, it is a, it, it really does pull you in a place of like to really think about that to be able to see it in a new way yeah whole new way yeah yeah but in a way like you said it's like uh, we didn't it's so obvious we don't have to do this 
Like, if this art exists, then how come we still live in hell? Like, it's so obvious. Yeah, but it's not. I know. And also the people, there are people specifically invested. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. There's an opposition. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta remember. Yeah, there is an o- opposing team. Old- not to be like, what's the word? Mm-hmm. Debbie Downer? No, like when you have two things, when you're like. Ambivalent? No. <laughs> when you have two things? Binary. Fine. God, not okay. to be binary about it. Uh-huh. There is an opposing team. Uh-huh. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> well. So anyways, everyone should watch this movie about death. It's really mm-hmm. relaxing and beautiful. And you'll cry. Like, yeah. happy cry, though. Like, deep cry, you know? Yeah. Like, emotional revelation cry. You should also watch Cats. You should also watch Paprika. Those are also mm-hmm. incredible mm-hmm. films about what it is to be alive. What's the purpose of being True. alive? To reflect on the special and unique pleasure of, of your, your secret name that nobody yeah. else knows. Mm-hmm. Duh. Mm-hmm. Happy sensory time. <laughs> Touch me, and you'll know the meaning of what happiness is. Yeah. Hello? Is this thing on? <laughs> like, <laughs> wake up, people. <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber told you decades ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sad. It is sad. Mm-hmm. And yet here we are. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if there's... What else is there to say about a year? Five hundred twenty-five thousand. Oh God! <laughs> no. Measure here in COVID. Right in, <laughs> in COVID. In COVID. Unemployment. I'm just double checking that I don't have any. I swear to God, I have one more. I have one more story. Mm. Measuring. Drugs. Drugs. Measuring drugs. So many drugs. Measuring drugs. Yeah, what was your drug this year, you'd say, for 2020? Oh, oh my God. A drug of the year is acid, for drug sure. Drug of the year is acid for you. Yeah, I was not really a, a person who was particularly interested in or experienced with psychedelics until this year. Yeah. And then discovered that I have uh, actually a pretty... Well, naturally chill relationship with them like we get along really well um Mm -hmm. realized that actually most of my life i've just been microdosing i guess naturally my body naturally naturally produces (laughs) that's what it feels like yeah i think mine this year was ketamine oh yeah tell me twice yeah stop doing ketamine there are horses Uh that are depressed (laughs) Yeah, because I when I met when me and Halen were like becoming more close of friends, um, I was like doing acid all the time, all the time, like just showing up to the function. Yeah, that was never my well because there were no functions. But well, right, this I was say that wasn't really my. Energy. I feel like cats and paprika was one of your first times doing acid. That was the first time, like genuinely having a a nice like trip trip trip. Yeah. Um. And I told you when I was coming down, I saw bugs all over everything. And I was like, this is cool. That's fine. It's all right. I'm just seeing bugs. It's (laughs) It's cool. No, yeah, I was doing a lot of psychedelics. And then I was like, I'm tired of these people. I'm tired of Earth. Tired of these people being caught in the tangle of their lives. Exactly. (laughs) No, I I did a little bit of, I did do, I did actually did a lot of shrooms in in March. Mm -hmm. Uh, when, When quarantine first started, um, I was Shrooms and I don't really get along. Yeah. Physiologically. Yeah. That delicate stuff. That's, yeah. But I was tripping a lot then. But after around, I guess like this, around the summer, I stopped taking psychedelics for a while. Like I was microdosing here and there, but like a very, very, very huge stage. decline from yeah. my like. Well, which makes sense. I think it is the kind of thing that, like, it's depending on how you use it. But yeah. it makes sense to me that you'd have a period of time where you're using yeah. it a lot. And then a period of time where you're like, I cool, I did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm... I like, looked into the void, like... I also say, shout out, of course, drug of the year, weed. Oh, well, duh. That's the drug of every day. Oh, uh, yes. But, like, for, like I used to... I was a stoner in grad school, like, like about the equivalent that I am now. But then I really st- took a huge step back. And for the last, like, few years was, like not even really smoking that much and this way we're now i'm like yeah weed is the drug of the year i don't know what i would be doing in quarantine 
Yeah, that meme from like the beginning of quarantine mm-hmm. that was like unemployment cliff, COVID cliff, uh-huh. and that big boat. That's like me playing video games, being pulled between the two cliffs uh-huh. by a little tiny tugboat that says we. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that meme. Exactly. <laughs> it's a vibe. That's a vibe. A vibe. That is literally the vibe. <sighs> yeah. But I did ask it recently. I'm excited to get back to the acid world. It's a fun like world to be world. in. It's cool. It Especially now that the weather is turning again. Yes. I, I think I am going to take a weed break in April then. Except for my birthday. To prepare for birthday. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do a tolerance break. Between your birthday and birthday. Mm-hmm. Betwixt. Betwixt. Yeah. Yeah. The week before my birthday. And then sometimes you got to clear your head. Yeah. Dude, I was just thinking about there's a like non zero possibility that I will like be, that I will take a, I'll be on a plane in 2021. You know what I mean? Yeah. At some point before the end of this year. That's wild. Yeah. To be on a plane again. It's, yeah, it's an interesting new. Brave new world, huh? I don't know how brave it is. No. It's ironically very unbrave. It's a craven new world. It's a terrible world. No, it's not terrible. But yeah, we'll see. It'll be a lot. There's a lot of interesting things on the horizon. Okay, we have to say like five positive things to make up for this bummer episode. It's like, what's... I think our personalities are allow for us to not technically be bummers. What the fuck does that mean? I don't think this episode is a bummer. I think we're fun. How can I know we're talking about negative things, but like we are fun. So like, what do you ever think about death? I think about it all the time. <laughs> it's life. Sorry, but like we're having a good time. Clearly, we're, I'm doing ketamine. Yeah, right now. <laughs> no, I'm not right. I just watched Al snatch <laughs> a bag of ketamine from a horse. Just right now. No, we can say some positive things. Yeah, let's, grateful thing. I mean, listen, it's such a beautiful day. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, what am I, what's the thing that I'm, I'm grateful for putting the, the chamomile tea into the bong to make a really a wonderful bong water yeah. solution. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. Yeah. Uh, the hibiscus, you mean? Hibiscus, yeah. yeah. Chamomile would also be good. Yeah. Yeah. Hibiscus. Um, I've been taking up embroidery. Yeah. <laughs> I have a new hobby. It's really cool. So that's fun. Mm-hmm. Got a new thing to do with my time. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. I started reading Lacan's Formation of the Unconscious. That shit slaps. I'm still taking baths every day. Hell yeah. Sunset baths. Mm, that's amazing. It's great. It is. Maybe I'll put in braids this weekend. There you go. That would be fun. We play games on the weekends. We do play. Oh, yeah. We have a regular game that we play with our friends, which is very fun. Yeah. Uh uh Play is very important Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for self-care. Well, how long? Uh, With that, uh, like an hour. Oh, cool. Yeah, with that. With that, I say. To that, we say goodbye. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram. E.M.O.com. T-I-O-N dot A-L dot L-O dot E-O-R. Emotional labor. Yeah. And email us at hey at emotional It's hey with three Y's. Three Y's. C-O, not C-O-M. <laughs> C-O, not C-O-M. I, I did that last night. I was talking to some pals about my website, and I said simplytherapy.com and simplytherapy.me. But it's just like, you know, I'm saying a website, and i like, that's it. That's how it's you, a reflex. Yeah. Terrible. And she was like, this looks interesting, but I don't think this is you. And I was like, oh, well. <laughs> well, hat. That's certainly. Hat. Um, well, amazing. yeah. Well, have a have a wonderful um, anniversary, covid anniversary, Happy death day. Yeah, do something nice. Yeah. Mm, commemorate the occasion if you like. Mm-hmm. It's a hell of a, but a hell of a year. Hell of a year. Hell of a COVID year. Hell of a year. Happy New Year, y'all. Happy birthday, COVID. Happy birthday, COVID. You sick son of a bitch. (laughs) Of course, COVID's a Pisces. Well, when was COVID really born? It's like Jesus, you know? True. It's like Jesus. (laughs) And with that... (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Good Lord. Goodbye. Make me sick. <laughs>
Okay, blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. Blah 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 Talking, 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 talking. <laughs> I'm not deleting any talking. of this. <laughs>